You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Probably not appropriate to mention that my bum is sore. My outer bum, not inner bum. I'm Alicia, the host of the Bride Chiller podcast. I've just referred to my outer bum in the intro of this wedding planning podcast. I've just got a new stool for my voiceover booth, and it's a hard stool. It's a wooden stool. Listen to this. The old stool used to have padding. This one does not. Just a side note about my voiceover booth. The voiceover booth is a cupboard, and literally, he's one side, and he's the other side. Can you hear that? I'm not even doing a full wing arm expansion here. What we did when we moved into our apartment, we rent here in London, and I saw this cupboard and I said to Rich, that would be a great voiceover booth. So we moved all our shit out of it. And then at Rich's work, this is a very secret squirrel, don't tell anyone. Rich is an architect, and at Rich's work, they pack 3D models into this squishy foam that is often used in voiceover booths or, you know, soundproof booths. So he asked one of the guys who worked in the 3D modelling printing area, can you collect some of this foam? We want it. My wife wants it. No questions asked. They just did it. One weekend, we went and collected two big rubbish bags full of this foam and then came home with double-sided tape and made the booth. It's a really fun thing that no one expects to be here, especially our landlord, who we've never acknowledged it's here. He's never asked until a few weeks ago when he came to our home to fix the washing machine or something electrical and Rich was at home, working from home, waiting for him to arrive. He came here, he fixed the thing and he said, oh, I just need to get to the fuse box in the cupboard. And before Rich could say anything, our landlord was in the cupboard and sort of stepped back just like he'd found some sort of BDSM, I don't know, so I, what the fuck, you wouldn't expect it to be here. We've never acknowledged that I'm a podcaster. We've never said, hey, we've turned your cupboard into a VO booth. VO, voiceover booth, guys, get with the progs, everyone. So there was a moment, he didn't say anything. He fixed the fuse and then sort of left and Rich sent me a WhatsApp at work going, okay, so the landlord now knows about the booth. He's a bit of an older guy. I don't know if he gets what the booth is used for. Maybe he thinks it's a sex thing. Who knows? There's a microphone in here, so maybe it's not a sex thing. It's not a sex thing, everyone. It's a voiceover booth for a podcast. Anyway, that's a little behind the scenes for you. Did you want to hear that story? Probably not, but I've told you anyway. Welcome to the Bride Chiller Podcast. I'm Alicia. I've been hosting this podcast for nearly five years, coming up to five years in November this year of 2019. Very excited about that. Now, this is a Q&A episode where you send me emails, you leave me delicious voice messages with your accents from all over the world. I try and do the accents. I would say a lot of the time bordering on being offensive and unsuccessfully, but I really enjoy doing it, so don't don't begrudge me. Don't take that away from me. Uh, because remember, I am sitting on solid wood. So, oh, and I've just touched the microphone. Professional. I'm thinking I might start with a textual message that is something that you've written to me via email. This is an anonymous message to start with. Hey, Alicia. Uh, She says, question I'm hoping you can answer anonymously. I agree. I shall do this. You will see why. My fiancé and I are from Australia, and we're having a destination wedding in Europe. Fancy. The wedding is only going to be small, about 30 to 35 guests. It's a sensible number. This is a side note. She's not saying this. I'm saying this. Good number for a destination wedding. I plan on having my hen's party. Side note. So a double side note. It's a double side note going on here. 
Hens, a hen day is our version of a bachelorette day. I say ours is in Australia, UK, and I think some other places in Europe as well. I'll do my research, probably should know that, written a whole book about bridesmaids. She says, I plan on having my hens party in Australia and would love your thoughts on this pickle I'm in. Can I invite friends to my hens that I haven't invited to the wedding? I run my own business uh, with a small team of other females. I'm great friends with them all. And while I would love to invite them to our wedding, trying to find a whole new team of people to cover their work so they can attend my wedding would be impossible. Oh, I love a small business problem. Uh, That's me, not her. I don't, I mean, I feel for her. So I've decided if I can't have them all at my wedding, I'm not going to have any of my team as I think it's only fair. Do you think inviting them to my hens is polite because I would love to celebrate with them? Or is that a no-go given that they are coming, not coming to the wedding? Help! Oh, good question, mystery, mystery lady. Well, straight off, I can absolutely say that you should be inviting these chicks to your hens slash bachelorette slash whatever we want to call it today. Uh, I think it's very reasonable. And here's why. Normally, I would say if you are having a air quote normal wedding where you have the option to invite a bunch of people and then you don't invite them and then you want to invite them to your bachelorette slash hen's day. I'm just going to call it hen's. We all get what I'm saying, okay? I'm not going to say that every time. Be silly. I would say that it could potentially be a little impolite that you're saying, you didn't make the big list, but you can come to the small party. Again, this is completely interchangeable. There's no right and wrong here. It depends on your group of people and the circumstance. But I can confidently say that due to the situation slash circumstances that you have already said, they're working for your business, you want to keep the business going, you're not just inviting one out of the 20 or 10 or whatever amount of people you've got going there. I think it's a lovely way to invite them to celebrate to go out, have some drinks, have a little little party together, celebrate your upcoming wedding and be together. So maybe it's about rebranding the event as, yeah, it's a hen's day, but also sort of maybe in the invitation say, I really want to share this with you. You're really important people in my life. Obviously, they're employees and lovely friends. And let's go out and and. I was going to say boogie. That was disgusting. Let's get boogie. Who am I? I know if I was on the receiving end of that invitation, don't use the word boogie, I would feel delighted that you thought of organising such an event. And whoever is organising your hens, then I think it's good to extend the invitation to that greater group of people. And as you said, potentially if you were getting married down the road, all these people would be there. You'd probably invite them because they're meaningful to you in your life. Maybe not. Maybe you just fucking hate some of them and you feel obliged. Either way, it didn't read like you fucking hate some of them. So ignore that I've just said that. Hen's Day is a great way to get people involved and sort of say, do a little toast on the day and say, wish you all coming along, but you're keeping my empire afloat. You fucking legends. Woo! Go big. Enjoy it. Invite who you want. Hi, Alicia. My name is Kay, and I'm calling because I have stumbled upon your podcast, and it has definitely made me laugh a lot, and it's weird because I'm not engaged. I am in a serious relationship, but um, my question is, have you stumbled upon guys who mention getting married and weddings and like what they want a lot before they get engaged? 
because it happens to me a lot. My boyfriend mentions like what he wants in a wedding all the time, like to the point where like I know every detail of things he wants, like what he wants to give groomsmen, what he wants to wear, the kind of cake he wants, what kind of food he wants, like festivities, like everything. And I never bring it up. He always brings it up and it it's almost on like a weekly basis. Do you, do you find this odd or have you seen this happen before? Um, I'm just not sure how to respond sometimes because I don't want to seem like it's something that's on my mind yet. We are in a long distance relationship. It's um, only about an hour and 45 minutes between us. But if we were to get engaged, um, I would need to move to where he lives. And it's just a lot. And I'm just wondering if it's something I should like make him aware of that he's doing or if I should just let him do it. And then if we end up getting engaged, I already know everything he wants. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So let me know what you think. Thanks. Bye. Okay. I love that you left me a message. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm really stoked that you're a part of our community and what a great message. Firstly, Initially, my response was, great, this guy knows what he wants. And I think there are a lot of listeners out there saying, oh, I wish that my partner, doesn't matter if they're a boy or a girl, would feel that way about wedding planning. I wish they were switched on because often there is an imbalance, whether it's um, one partner feeling more strongly about certain aspects of the day or the other one not as in tune with it. So I think firstly, for future planning, if you do go ahead and get hitched, great, He's outspoken and he wants to, you know, start planning and get it going. Armchair psychologist here. Let's just get comfy. Alicia's just going to tell you what she thinks. I feel like this is his way of saying, I'm really serious about you. I really love you. And I'm going to drop a lot of hints about wanting to take it up to the next level. That's just my reading on that. I think that a guy who is comfortable in talking about commitment, talking about the party, maybe it's a way for him to just sort of get a bit cozy in and and also get feedback from you watching your reaction and seeing how you respond to some of his comments about the wedding, potential wedding, future wedding, mystery wedding. How, I want to. I've got so many questions. I want you to be here, Kay, so I could ask you questions. I could interview for the show. Do you respond back saying, "Yeah, I would love a big band"? Do you indulge these conversations or do you shut it down? That's what interests me. I mean, it sounds like, as you said, you've been in a long distance relationship. I don't know how long the long distance relationship has been happening. This is a good question. I, I think it's a really positive outlook for you and for him if you're going to go further take the relationship to the marriage section that's great and I just think don't rush things if you don't feel ready to do things like you know get hitched don't rush you've got plenty of time and uh, as one of my favorite books my favorite sayings from one of my favorite books about being creative bird by bird bit by bit Rich and I use this phrase a lot in our in our life that, you know, we don't need to run in and do everything all at once. And I think some people get really angsty about getting engaged and getting to that moment of commitment. Whereas when you look at it, there's a lot of us that are really committed in our relationships before you ever need to talk about getting married. So I think it just depends where you're at in your life and what you want for your future. But I, I feel really positive that he's voicing this because I think clearly for me, that who knows fucking nothing but for my reading of your voice message that it seems like he's 
really digging you and talking about the future together and having those lovely plans. It's nice. Feel fuzzy. Warm. Good one. Hi, Alicia. Fellow bride chilla here, Megan. Um, I absolutely love you. And I have been binge listening to all of your past podcast episodes. And I am completely obsessed with all of your wonderful tips um, about being a bride chilla. My question for you is my husband-to-be is very against accepting any kind of money from my parents, his parents. I guess his point of view is that the parents donating money would come with a lot of strings and he doesn't want to live his life like that. He doesn't want to be dependent on them. He doesn't want um, them popping over whenever they feel like it or have us be under any sort of obligation to them um, throughout our marriage. So I completely understand and respect his point of view. Um, I wanted to compromise because I know that my parents want to be involved and they want to include a lot of their friends in our wedding day. And we only want like 25 people at the wedding. So that doesn't leave a lot of room for any of their friends, their um, extended family members, etc., to be a part of our wedding. So my compromise idea was to say to my mom, hey, would you be willing slash able to throw me a beautiful shower? And then she can have some control over the venue and she can invite whoever she wants and have a photographer she wants. She can do everything that she wants to do and still feel involved in the wedding, still have some control. But then, I don't know, she's not, we're not obligated to her at the end of all this. Um, but I was listening to one of your podcast episodes about wedding etiquette and the very nice guest was saying that if someone is invited to a shower or a bachelorette or something like that, then it's kind of expected that they be invited to the wedding. Um, so I'm wondering how much wiggle room we have on that particular piece of etiquette rule and perhaps you have another idea for me on how to appease my parents without taking their money and still let them feel involved, but have my fiance and I keep the control. Anyway, love the podcast. Love you. Thank you so much for your feedback and happy days. Megan, so many great points, so many interesting little nibbles there in your message. Thank you for leaving that voice message. Interesting. I do think we're reaching a bit of a cusp in our generation and our parents' generation where there are so many people like your partner who are like, you know what, parents, I just don't, I don't, thank you, thank you, but no, because it really is a personal decision. A lot of us obviously know our parents and how they react and their expectations and what they want when it comes to the exchange of money versus what they would like in you know response to them giving you money for your wedding. Obviously, it's a situation that your partner wants to avoid for a number of reasons. I totally get it. I will just say as a small caveat, as someone who is passionate about 
talking and learning about the parental child relationships and when it comes to weddings um, with wedding donors. I've written a lot about them in the survival guide, the Bridechiller Survival Guide. I wrote a whole chapter about this because I think it's fascinating. And listening to so many voice messages and reading so many emails over the years with people having very similar situations where they are confused and conflicted about whether they should take the money, about what that then means, is it a power exchange Uh, where can you find a middle ground, a good balance when it comes to accepting money? And this goes for other scenarios throughout our life as well. If people are lending us money, then what do we need emotionally but also uh, business-wise to then be returning them uh, the money and what power does it give them? Did that make sense? I mean, like, you know, my dad loaned me some money, the only time I've ever taken money from a parent for my car years ago. And it was literally a couple of grand. Like, I drove a 1984 Honda Civic for years. But I remember thinking, and this comes from my money story. My dad was always like, I hate bloody owing people money. I like to pay. He's like, he pays his credit. As soon as he puts one thing on the credit card, he's like, straight to the bank, because he doesn't do online banking, straight to the bank to pay it off. But it really has become something in me to go, I don't really like owing people money either. I want to get rid of that debt straight away, especially people I know. I don't really like borrowing money from people I know. So I relate to your partner of saying, I don't want to be beholden to anyone to make a decision about our wedding day. And that is a really valid point. And I think a lot of people struggle with this situation of going, oh, okay, so now we hand the wedding to you. Ugh. But getting back to my caveat that I said fucking 10 minutes ago, I will say there are ways that you can accept money and not have to give away all of the decision-making process. And this is completely down to how your relationship works with your parents, how open they are to being well advised or sitting down and saying, listen, if we're really grateful if you were to gift us some money, but how do you want this to be spent? This is my same shit I say over and over again. I'm so sure people are sick of hearing me, but I do think it's important in whatever situation you are taking money that you ask them about their expectations of of what the money will be used for. Maybe this conversation is completely off the table, but if it were to return to the table, then you could say why don't we all sit down and have a chat and ask your parents what they would want done with the money? And maybe it could just be mum and dad are going to pay for all the food or mum and dad are going to pay for the rehearsal dinner. Giving them ownership over one thing or a couple of things, but not the other things that are really important to you with the decisions, maybe that could be a compromise because you talked about, Megan, compromises, and maybe that could be the compromise that could get you the cash. (laughs) Maybe not. Now, a really good decision, I think you, you said, was to gift your gift, not really, to give your mother the opportunity to host another event. And I did mention the rehearsal dinner there. That can be a good one to shift on to parents to organize and also to pay for. And just to say, this is your night. Invite your people if you want or don't. And they run it and you don't have to take on the burden because I actually think rehearsal dinners are stupid, but I'm not allowed to say that because a lot of people still do them, just not from a culture. It's not what we do in Australia. We just go to the wedding. We don't do the rehearsal dinner as well because it seems like a whole other wedding. I don't understand it. And it's tiring and it's the night before. What's this accent? It's some sort of old English word. So it's like I'm having a fit. If you are new to this show and you're like, why does she keep doing this stupid... Vo-? I'm doing it now, doing you. That's meta. I was doing you 
to new to the show, doing me, but doing an accent. Fucking hell. So sorry. However, rehearsal dinner might be a nice thing to offer them to organize. As you said, a shower is good. She can invite all of her mates, all of her gal pals, all of her couple friends along. I mean, you could really twist this thing and have some fun and go have a whole, host a whole pre-wedding weekend with all of their friends. Because really when it comes down to parents wanting to invite their friends, I think when you strip away why, it comes down to a couple of things. They're really fucking proud of you and they want to show you off and they want to show how good they are for raising such kick-ass kids. And part of that is the you know sort of social climbing of saying hello friends come along and look at our wonderful children look at how wonderful our party is we're throwing them we're the best parents in the world blah 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 and then other times it's an obligation to saying well parents host weddings and this is what we should be doing and if you aren't allowing us to do this we can't do our job as a parent which of course is baloney but Parents get stuck in their ways as they get a little bit older. And as we go back to social hierarchy, it's still pretty big for them. And as generational thing goes, it can be a bit of a deal breaker. So I think regardless of whether you accept money, take money, whatever, it's good to have a chat with your parents and sort of say, tell us why this is important. How can we keep you happy and us happy? And break through any of the discomfort of having to talk about this stuff, get it out in the open with your partner there. Don't leave him alone. Make him come and do this too. We're all in it together. And flush it and then see what happens. I still feel like you might be able to accept a bit of this money, but I do think if you are having the family conference early on, being open about it, it might change it might change everyone's opinion about their roles in the wedding and the role of the money and you can all live happily ever after as we all will especially after listening to these very special and important bride chiller announcements more of the bride chiller Q&A after this Chillers, there is still some imbalance when it comes to wedding planning that people think it's a lady's job. And when it comes to finding suits, it seems to be the idea that we're just going to do it the week before. We're going to turn up at some crappy rental place on the morning of the wedding and pick up an ill-fitting suit. And hey, that's what the guy's job is, which really sucks because I think groom chillers and their groomsmen and their greater groomal party, just made that word up, should be feeling just as fabulous as our bride chillers on their wedding day. They should have an experience where they enjoy putting their suit on. They feel suave, that it fits well. And they're like, bam, I could be James Bond or some other suited, very suave man. Which is why I'm delighted to introduce you to Generation Tux, who are all about making groom chillers and their gang look and feel fabulous on their wedding day. Generation Tux use very sophisticated algorithms to help you find the perfect fitting suit. They have a fabulous home try-on service and the best part is that everything arrives on the doorstep of all of the bridal party, groom's party members 14 days before the wedding. So no one is stressing out the week of the wedding trying to get their suit and make sure it fits and blah, blah, blah. That way, if there are any fit issues at all, there is plenty of time to get it resolved. And let me just tell you, Generation Tux are on it. They're not going to ask you to return the suit. They just send you a new garment based on your needs directly to the party member. 
after the party, all you need to do is throw everything back in the box and then use the prepaid label to send it back to where it came from. They offer free round-trip shipping, free swatches, free home try-on and a free rental for the groom with five paid party members. They even have a wedding planner program to assist all of our chiller planners out there, so do take advantage of that it is excellent. Groom chillers save time, save money, and most importantly, feel and look fabulous on your wedding day by checking out generationtux.com slash bridechiller and using the promo code bridechiller for 10% off the entire groom's party. That's generationtux.com slash bridechiller. And don't forget to use the promo code bridechiller. Generation Tux plus bridechiller equals yes, please. If you're an avid online shopper, then you would probably be like me. You check out the reviews, you see how many responses there are. And for me, if a company has over 7,000 five-star reviews, then my interest is piqued. At Native, they create safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. And boy, oh boy, did their products receive fabulous reviews. Formulated without aluminium or parabens and talc, the ingredients in Native's products are found in nature with things like coconut oil, which smells delicious, and natural vanilla. Their deodorant that I've been using is the most delicious smelling deodorant. Like literally you could eat it. Don't eat it but you could. It smells like cake. But also, after doing a workout and running around and getting on and off the tube, I will say, after a sort of 14-hour day, it still smells as fabulous as it did the moment I put it on. And also, I smell good too. Native make premium products that are really good for your body. They're safe and effective. And there is something for everyone. Both men and women can use their products. They also offer limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. They've had some really fun scents. But also, if you aren't into the scented range, they offer an unscented formula and baking soda-free formula for those people with sensitivities. Their classic deodorant scents include coconut and vanilla, my personal favourite, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and then and my new favourite, eucalyptus and mint, which actually has a little fresh feel when you put it on. It's delish. You can try Native absolutely risk-free. They offer free returns and exchanges in the USA, and if you become a subscriber, you can save 17%. You save $2 per stick and have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three or four months depending on how fast you use the product. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code BRIDECHILLER. That is 20% off your very first purchase. Visit Native Deodorant and use the promo code BRIDECHILLER during checkout. Go native, go natural and just smell and feel lovely. Um, I'm a bride chiller calling in from New York City, and um, I just want to say how much I love your podcast, and I listen to it every day on my walk to work, and it's just been so amazing and helpful in this crazy wedding planning process, so thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, I have a question about wedding dress shopping and how to involve my mom in that process. Um, I got engaged this past January, and about a month or so ago, I went to my first bridal appointment. My mom didn't come. I just went with um, 
two of my friends. And I didn't find the exact dress that I'm looking for, but I found like dresses that I really liked and I like the overall vibe of. I'm going for something that's kind of bohemian and maybe like a little bit 70s inspired. And I definitely feel clear on my vision of the way I want to look on my wedding day. So I showed my mom some photos of myself in the dresses that I tried on that I liked. And she basically hated all of them. Um, She said they all looked like nightgowns and were just way too casual and not formal enough. And she wants me to wear something that's like a ball gown with sequins. And it's just so completely not what I'm going for. And it was really pretty upsetting to me. I don't think she really realizes how upset I was by the fact that she doesn't like anything that I liked. Um, So I guess my question is just, how do I proceed with the wedding dress shopping process and involve my mom? Because I love my mom and I want her to be there. But I also just am not willing to compromise on what I look like on my wedding day. My, my parents are paying for about 70% of our wedding and I'm happy to compromise with them on other aspects of the day. And I'm completely respectful of the fact that they are paying for the majority of our wedding. But I just think what I look like is just so important to me and I want to feel beautiful and comfortable on my wedding day. So how can I involve her in the process and have her there? But just not have her be such a negative energy um, while I'm shopping for my wedding dress. So any advice or thoughts you have would be awesome. And um, thanks so much for everything you do and happy days. That was bride chiller, Emily. Emily, I relate. I think we can all relate to a parent or an auntie or someone that you really love, but saying things that aren't necessarily what you want to hear. And that actually are quite hurtful. And I think sometimes people don't really realise this doesn't even have to be old people. I've really bashed old people this episode. But I think sometimes I know I can be a bit rash and a bit outspoken. (laughs) No shit. And you don't realise, oh, what I've said has actually hurt that person's feelings and it wasn't my intention to do so. Obviously, your mum is bringing her expectations of what she thinks a wedding dress should be, a la, a.k.a. A ball gown, but that's not your vibe. And I love your boho, boho 60s, 70s, ooh, vintagey vibe. I love the sound of that. It floats my boat. So I think that mum needs to adjust her expectations. She's not wearing the ball gown. Maybe she could wear a ball gown. Maybe if that's really important to her, she could show up in the ball gown. However, that's not what you want. And I think part of this challenge when it comes to bringing someone along to an appointment that you would require feedback from but you don't really want their feedback because their feedback doesn't align with your feedback is really hard and I always watch those wedding dress shows you know you say yes to the dresses etc with an air of like oh I there's not many people in my life I would take shopping and really want their genuine feedback And as a TV producer, I get every moment of that show and I totally know how they make it. I get how they encourage the people that are coming along, sitting and waiting for the bride to come out in the dress. I get how they sort of help them along a little bit to say what they think. And 
it's really hard to watch at home because you're like, oh, fuck, this chick really loves the dress. Just let her wear the dress she wants. Don't be an asshole about it. You're not wearing the dress. But yet it's become tradition for us to bring along all of these people to our appointments when actually, you know, in my life, Rich is someone who's very honest. My husband, Rich, I know I can put a frock on and I do not take offense if he's like, you know what, babe, you can do better or that dress is wearing you. You should be wearing that dress. And I appreciate that feedback because he says it in a way that isn't offensive. I love his honesty because I go, yeah, that dress isn't great for me and I'm fucking fabulous and I can do better. Um, And also my friend Julia, who I ended up taking along to find my replacement wedding dress after I had a bit of a change of heart. And I knew she was calm. I knew she would give great feedback. But I also knew if I found a dress that I really liked and she didn't think Think it was that great. She'd give a feedback in a way that was caring and and resourceful in, in her feedback, but wouldn't be saying you shouldn't buy it because I fucking hate it because it's not her decision to do. So I think when you are choosing to take people along, you really want to make sure this is just for everyone listening. You want to make sure that the people who are coming along, and I know it's a meaningful thing to bring your mum or your stepmum or your mother-in-law along, but. It's also important that if you know they're going to be loudmouths and not necessarily give you good feedback, you are either going to have to build a bit of a shield, a feedback shield that will protect you from some of these comments and just breathe it in and let it out, let it wash over you, or say, don't, don't, ta- I'm just leaving that in now. Fuck it. We're towards the end of the show. I want you to experience the real me. I make that noise a lot. Or go along on your own for an appointment and find your top three dresses and then bring them back later on and say, this is the dress I've chosen. Please support me and go from there. I think it's really challenging to be able to, you know, talk to a parent in a way that isn't saying, stop being an asshole. I don't appreciate you being mean and making me feel bad about my choices because this choice is something that makes me really happy. But I do think there's a way to say, mum, I love this dress and I really want you to be happy for me and my choices and I feel beautiful in it and it's exactly what I want so please support me please be happy for me I don't know sometimes it can shock them I'm always into shocking people with honesty in a really nice calm optimistic way because then they can't be assholes back well they can but it's just more challenging it's harder so that's my opinion that's my choice if your mum's still being hard I'll talk to her Give me the phone. I'm really up for being the parental whisperer. I feel like me ringing up your parents and Megan, I could ring up your parents and have a chat about the money thing and about inviting all their friends. Emily, I can ring up mum and talk to her about how she talks to you about the dress. I just feel like this could be a business thing for me. It's like, just pass the number on and we'll do a certain dollar a minute. I'll ring up and solve your problem. I'm workshopping it. I'm workshopping it. Emily, I wish you all the best. Buy the dress that makes you happy. Buy the dress for the love of God. Hi, Alicia. Another fellow Aussie here. Just have a weird question about engagement rings. Um, Just wondering, like, what do you guys take them off to do? So I normally take mine off to do the dishes and I was just wondering about like going to the gym and things like that. Do you wear it all the time or is it something that you take off and just wear? for like special occasions. Thanks. Well, Laura, thank you, Bridechiller Laura from Australia. Love to hear from you. Good question. I personally, my fingers fluctuate with 
weight and not fatty weight, water weight. And I find that, especially during summer, that if I leave my rings on, I don't sleep in my rings because... I my fingers expand and then they uh, it's hard to get the rings off or they get really sort of red and swollen with blood because the rings it's too much so I take my rings off at night and I try and take my rings off if I'm going to the gym and bashing you know if I'm doing weights or whatever and bashing them around but I otherwise I wear them all the time so I, I don't know if I'm a good example of how to look after your rings I also I try I've got a nice ring cleaner that our jeweler um, gave to us, which has lasted an age, literally since we got engaged, it's like 55 years ago. Not true. But I try and clean the rings often. And I also have an old toothbrush, like a soft, worn down old toothbrush that I use to polish my diamond just to get it because I have a setting that is a tension setting. So it means that you can see the side of the diamond, but also it gets quite grubby with everyday use. So occasionally I will do a light, a light sort of clean of the diamond. I think you should wear it, enjoy it, love it, and just realize, yeah, you can bash it around a little bit with normal life, but also make sure you take your jewelry in every year to get checked. Because with different claw settings with diamonds um, things can become loose and it's really easy to forget to get them serviced and a lot of jewelers will do this for free just turn up and say can I have a polish and a check a stone check and they will do it and it really revives a ring Um, I've had my ring since 2009 yes that's a lie 2011 good god we met in 2009 I wasn't that quick off the mark and it looks, when it has a little polish and shine, looks brand new every time. Love it. A big cheers to all who have left a voice message and an email for me. If you have a question that is burning, and even, uh, well, if anything's burning, see a doctor, but if you have a question that you would really like a bride-chiller-style response, I would really like to answer your question. We have lots of guest question answerers coming our way in the next couple of weeks, and uh, I'm always excited to get a different perspective, but I just like giving my feedback, and I like talking with you slash to you. So if you would like to get in touch, all you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. Follow the little message bar slash menu at the top. I keep saying slash a lot today. Gross. Um, You just can leave me a voice message or simply send me an email. You'll find my email address there as well. Thank you for supporting the Bride Chiller store, which is just bridechillerstore.com. That's where you can pick up all of your Bride Chiller needs, your guides. We've got the Survival Guide, the Field Guide, and the Made Chiller Manual. Great for gifting to Bride maids to get them in the chiller mindset and be inspired to continue building your relationship and making sure that communication channels are open and that you are ready to receive that is bridechillerstore.com you can also pick up the very well moving oh shit kit which is our day of kit for bride chillers for their wedding It, it has lots of great things like bobby pins or hair slides, as you'd say in England, that a blonde and brunette, you asked, you said, a lot of the blondies said, hey, stop putting brown brunette hair slides in our things. So I've got options for blonde brunettes, earring backs, uh, a sewing kit, 
toothbrush and toothpaste in case you forget to brush your pearly whites before your wedding and lots of other goodies, uh, plasters, double-sided tapes, band-aids, all that sort of stuff. You can pick it up uh, on Amazon and Bride Chiller Store. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week's episode of Bride Chiller, I love you all. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, empowering you to kick wedding planning ass every day.